0: everybody, this is your host Huge Pop from the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. As you can see in the back, go Wolverines. But tonight we're going to deal with a guest. is best known as the Hell's Cowboy with an alter ego, Baltazar. This dynamic wrestler brings a thrilling and electrifying experience to the ring with his captivating persona. Unleash your inner warrior and witness the power of Baltazar as he dominates his opponents. He is also the owner and a promoter of SCW. Come on and join us. Welcome, Hunter Payne. How you doing tonight?
1: What's going on, Scott? How are you? I'm doing Pretty well.
0: Good. Pretty good. Thank you for coming on the show. I mean, I uh, I feel sorry for you, man. You are dealing with a very, very painful loss, of a letdown of the Cow- Dallas Cowboys, the America's dream team. But hey.
1: Man, let me tell you. I honestly expected nothing less. It's been their MO for the past 30 years, Scott. Yeah. Them, them winning tonight would have surprised me. <laughs> the only the only good thing that comes out of this is a McCarthy firing. And I know they won't move on from Dak just yet, but hopefully real soon we'll never win with Dak Prescott as our quarterback. That's
0: what we've all been saying for a long time. But I've man.
1: been saying it pretty much since his second year. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely,
0: So, man, let's go into wrestling. So, like me, I'm sure you were a wrestling fan growing up. So can you talk about your childhood and what wrestling was like for you as a child growing up, even in the teenage years?
1: wrestling was awesome for me back in the day obviously the first guy that ever even caught my eye was uh the big blonde bomber hulk hogan yeah you know first guy that ever caught my eye made me start watching it um he's a guy that made me want to be a wrestler okay you know what i mean yeah um and following him through the years and caught on to other things and realized there was other things out there then you know a few years after i Discover him. Here comes the Road Warriors, and those are the three guys that uh, made me want to do what I do today. You know, All Right. Now <laughs> I'm a big guy that. like they are, so a lot of my stuff is based out of off of what they do, and okay. I alter stuff, change stuff up a little bit. But yeah,
0: so is there anything that that is there one time in Hogan watching as a fan as Hogan that stands out to for you? Mine was when he came down and dropped that leg on Macho Man and. There he goes, Hollywood Hogan. So, is there anything that stands out for you?
1: Yeah, well, that is that is a big thing. But I go back to the the first thing that I remember that caught my eye was that title change when he when he beat the Sheik, man. Yeah, okay. That that was huge for me, and I've, I've been a Hulkamaniac ever since. I'm not afraid to say it. I know a lot of people hate on Hogan, but you know I can't hate on the guy. He he was great for the business. If uh, if it wasn't for him, we might not be where we're at today, Scott. And I think a lot of people can agree with you on that.
0: Oh absolutely I agree hundred percent with that, man. My brother and I will do a show on Wednesday starting the twenties I think the twenty fifth or twenty sixth. And we're gonna pick we're gonna pick apart Hogan's career and all the storylines because he let's let's face it, back in the day there was more storylines than there is today. Oh and yeah. We talked about the um when he was on Piper's Pit and Andre Giant pull, comes in and pulls that cross off of him and he's like
1: Amazing moment.
0: Yes, you know those Amazing are things moment. those are things that you remember and it's like wow. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you model your craft after Hulk Hogan, huh? And, and the Warriors
1: and the Road Warriors. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's Absolutely. awesome.
1: Because I'm a big guy, so there's not a lot of uh, jumping around and flip flopping for me. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely correct. So, yeah.
1: Those, I thought, oh. I think those are three guys to three guys from back in my day to watch to actually watch and learn from. So,
0: okay. so how old were you, and what sparked the go? Yep, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Here.
1: I might've been eight or nine, uh, eight or nine years old. And Hogan was just a larger than life character. I didn't think there could be a human being as big as that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, his charisma, the way that people would scream and yell for him, it was just amazing to me. Like, you know, and then I started going to events shortly after that. Um, so I'd ask my dad for money to go to the shows and, you know, the old man, the way my old man was, he's like, yeah, I ain't giving you money for that. <laughs> so I got, a pa- I got a paper route, bro, and I okay. would buy my ticket, and then my neighbor would drive me, so I'd have to buy his ticket.
2: Okay. So right.
1: anytime they were at the UIC Pavilion, which is usually WCW,
2: okay.
1: and anytime they were at Rosemont, I was there. All the way until it became mainstream, and it just started costing a ton more money. Yeah, I mean. You know, yeah. I think I had a second row seat at Rosemont and UIC Pavilion for 20 bucks.
0: Right now you can't yeah. even watch it for
1: like you can't five. even get the three hundred section for twenty bucks, man. So right, right, no,
0: you can't. It's yeah. a little different beast today. Absolutely. So, how old were you when you said when you decided? Oh, I'm going to look up training studios, training um camps, or whatever they call them, and I'm um, start doing. That's that-
1: crazy. There, there was never any age or whatever. I was watching Raw one night, and this commercial popped up. Um, Do you want to be a wrestler? And then it had. <laughs> a chicago area code on it and that's what caught my eye i was like oh shit local you know but i, I couldn't remember because i was just it was literally like a 15 second commercial like if you didn't have that pen and paper you weren't getting that number gotcha you know what i mean and you it, it's not like tv you could pause today you know what i'm saying so right. i i sat in front of that tv for weeks on end waiting for that commercial to come back got it and the rest is history
0: okay so what can't where did you go and who were your trainers
1: um, I went to Windy City Wrestling.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Sam DeCiro was the owner. He was also a big player in AWA. Okay. Yeah. Uh, part of this, uh, he was Supermax of the Max Brothers, if okay. you ever go back and watch any of that history. Uh, he was trained by Greg Anya. Obviously, yeah. he passed his knowledge on to us. Yeah. Um, trainers down there were Steve Boz, Mike Anthony, Terry Allen.
2: Okay.
1: Um, I think I trained for literally three days with Christopher Daniels before he took off to California and and became big. Oh awesome. Christopher so tra- Daniels was down there quite a bit. Wow. Uh,
0: so training, does that incorporate the um the 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 uh, the bike skills, the bumps, the psychological stuff?
1: Everything. Uh, Windy City taught everything. Uh, okay. there were certain days where you were working on promos, certain days you're uh, just working on chain wrestling and never took a bump. And then there were days you went in where all you did was bump, you know, they hit, they hit everything, um, everything had to be close to perfection. As far as Sam was concerned, or you didn't wrestle or your promo didn't make it, you know, on TV. Cause we had regular TV back in the day, Okay. you know what I mean? So everything had to be perfect for what would be perfect in his eyes, what he wanted for his programming, you know? Yeah. So he 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 ran us through the grinder for sure. <laughs> he want to talk about retake after retake after retake. It was incredible.
0: So what happened how'd that first bump feel? I mean, what was that like? Can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, the first bump was no problem for me. Uh, I think it only took me truly really three bumps to learn how to bump. Okay. And then, and I think at the time it was uh we had a guy called Brett Bad Boy Brett Sanders was like, I can't believe you're already bumping two minutes into this. I'm like I don't think you've met anyone that wants it more than I do, brother. So let's do this, <laughs> wow, you know, but I, it didn't bother me at all. Scott, honestly, it did not bother me at all. I loved it. I was like, man, this is what it's like. I was happy to be in the ring, bro. I was just happy to be in a wrestling ring.
0: So is there anybody that you've met and talked to other, I know Hogan and the the road warriors, you know, but is there anybody that you talked to that inspired you to say, yeah, man, I want what that, you know, any inspirations, any mentors, I, I guess.
1: Um, Dirt, uh, as far as like, uh, big names, no, uh, I would never be the guy to go out and meet those guys. Um, but I did get, you know, kind of close to some of the guys that are still in, hanging around the indie scene today that have a very good name. Uh, Terry Allen being one of them, Steve Bodd being one of them. And, uh, Jimmy blaze is another one. Um, uh, I'm 27 years in those three guys have more time than I do. And I will talk to them and pick their brain constantly about my matches and what I could have done better or whatever. And they're not they're not afraid to hold their their feelings back from from telling me what they thought of the match, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. So okay. those are the kind of guys you want in your corner because you always strive to be better, no matter how old or young you are. If you're not striving to be better, just get the fuck out of the way then and let the guys that want to get better get better.
0: Right now, does SCW have their own training school or do you guys? We get- sure do. Okay. Can we you
1: sure talk do. about that since we're on a training park? Yeah, um, we do have a training center in Moments, Illinois.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I do have some guest trainers come down once in a while. Uh, Terry Allen comes down once in a while. Um, sometimes I'll just get a guy hit me up, like Brian Cage, when he was doing warrior wrestling,
2: okay.
1: You know, hit up one of my guys that owned a gym in the area, and he was like, hey, you got access to a ring? He goes, well, yeah. And then he calls me up and he goes, please tell me you have access. We can get to your ring today. I'm like, yeah, we, we can get to my ring today. No problem. So, you know, Brian Cage came in and we, he was rolling around. He just wanted to loosen up and try out a few things before he went on to Warrior Wrestling the next day. You know what? That was pretty cool.
0: That's a
1: big so, dude. Too. Oh, yeah. dude, He's enormous. <laughs> really cool dude, though. Really cool dude.
0: Really awesome. Man. Yeah. So- I asked that question about your training school and and guys and legends and people that come down like Brian cage and um, those guys that you um, talked about, how important is it for your guys in SCW yourself to, when you have that opportunity to have them in your locker room at an event or in a training school for people to just shut their mouths and listen to what they have to say.
1: Oh, it's so important. And, and back in my day, Scott, it was never an issue. You did shut your mouth and listen, you know, uh, back in that day, it was you were to be seen and not heard. It's it's the truth, you listen. Today's generation is a little different, man. They they like to chat, they like to talk, or if you got someone like that guy talking, you'll look over and you'll see guys on their cell phone. And I just wanna go and punch him right in the face. Like, it's so hard for me not to be like, what is wrong with you? These guys are giving you advice and you're not even paying attention. Like if you want to get better, this is where it starts, man. Open up your ears. You know, I don't care what you can do in there, but if you can't tell a story in that ring, it means Jack shit.
0: Correct. I mean you can wrestle like a king, but if you can't tell that story. Because let's face it, back in back in the days, compared to today, in my opinion, this is my opinion, right? The storytelling, yeah, there's storytelling here, but it's what I mean, you got the judgment day, you got the the whatever the bloodline, those are good stories. But every other thing you, you hear about is not there's not very many long stories. Back in the seventies and eighties, storytelling was amazing,
1: and it was forever telling. You know I mean the storytelling yeah. went on months and months. Right, and know? now
0: it seems like our kids, our our guys coming up, they're either too egotistical, too too big in um, social media to even care to learn about st- storytelling.
1: It's all about the bumps. I don't, I don't know if you ever thought about this, Scott, um, in the era that we live in, um, everybody wants instant gratification. They want to know what's going to happen and what's going to happen now. You know, if you put out a a reel or a TikTok and it's over a minute long, people don't have a minute in their life, but they'll have 30 seconds. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, is that why wrestling doesn't have long-term storytelling? I don't know, but you're right. Uh, to me, like if you if you look at the two best storylines, it's Judgment Day and Bloodline, right? Yeah. And they've been going on forever. Mm-hmm. So if people are invested, why don't they have more long term storytelling? Even with the U.S. title, with the Intercontinental right. title, right. with with anything, but they just don't do it, and I don't understand.
0: So talk about storylines. Um, is SCW how many storylines do you have going throughout? Uh, like it's a month to month. Is it?
1: I truly try to have. Well, when I, when I was coming up, um, it was very old school. Um, I don't think I won a match for three years. Okay. Right. Whatever. I went out there and busted my ass and did, did my job, you know, mm-hmm. never bothered me. It is, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you know, today, today's kids, not so much, man, not so much, Scott. You know, like yeah. I I'll, I could have a guy come in and lose three matches and go, what's going on here? You know, Right. I should be winning more matches than this. Right. I'm like, you guys have no idea. Like what it, what it's really all about. No, no idea whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Those are those guys that don't want to listen to the legends. Those are the guys that don't want to listen to what you teach.
1: You're a hundred percent. Correct. You're a hundred percent. Correct. You know, um, but the guys like you met, you met apex. Correct. Correct. You know, yeah. off. Off track here. Um, he listens. He works hard, um, and he does everything that's asked of him. Yeah, you know what I mean. and he, He's been wrestling less than a year, but most people that meet him think he's been wrestling for years yeah. <laughs> because he does listen. You know what I mean? And he's and he's a great guy to have around. Absolutely. Just a great guy to have around. I, everyone should be like an Apex or a, a, a James Creed or a Benny Vargas. I got in my training center. They're just great guys, man. They, they listen and they and they're hungry for knowledge. Absolutely, so, James.
0: I I did message James Creed, so hopefully he responds, and I'd like to get that up and running too. So, one of um, the,
1: one of the top guys in the area, in, in my book. So awesome, man. So, how can you talk about
0: what goes into getting ready for a match? Like, there's got to be just you can't just train and go in the match. There's got to be communications. There's got to be all kinds of stuff that goes into preparing for that match next week or whatever.
1: Well, I mean. Not everyone that you have on your card comes out of your training center. So, you know, they they can't work together. Sometimes they don't even know who they're working until they get there. Okay. You know what I mean? So the preparation is just a communication. Okay. All right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, that's the truth. Okay. That's the truth. And And that that sets the real workers aside, the, the workers from the pretenders. Okay. You know, any one of my guys should be able to walk into a locker room without ever even meeting anyone and go put go out there and bust their ass and put on a hell of a show. I'd okay. be disappointed if they didn't.
0: Gotcha. So um, injuries. Are injuries, do they run wild in professional wrestling? And if they do, what kind of, what do you guys, is it just healing time and just taking time off and what goes Injuries
1: in are huge. in in, independent wrestling and let alone you can you can see the injury bug hitting AEW quite often um when you get hurt you have to take the time to heal um i had one major injury in 27 years and then when i tore my rotator cuff had to have surgery was out for nine months and like three weeks ago i hit one of my regular uh, it was a volvo bomb uh sat on my ass brought a guy down to his shoulders and i had a it felt like a Felt the lightning just shoot straight up my spine. Never felt anything like it in my life. and My back hasn't been the same since. Um, at that time, you know, if it doesn't get better, just by... I, I'm very old school, so to me, if something hurts, I go to the gym and work that body part. I'll do... Like, I won't kill it, and I won't do, like, squats and deadlifts, but I'm going to do hyperextensions. I'm going to work it out. You know, I'm going to try and do everything I can myself before I go to a doctor and say, okay, well, we got to do surgery. Like... I'll take the extra time and try to do it myself before I go to a doctor. So,
2: okay,
1: you know, but it is time, time, time is, is key. And if any of my guys ever get hurt, they'll never lose a spot and they'll never have a setback. They, they can come back and pick up right where they left off. Cause injuries are just part of the game and it's not their fault that they get hurt. Sometimes shit just happens.
0: Okay. So now your career, I'm going to focus on you you as a wrestler. Who has been your favorite opponent and why?
1: Um, that's easy for me. Uh, Terry Allen and Windy city has been, was, has been my favorite opponent. Um, simply because I mean, Terry's a little younger than me, but he's got more time into me. Um, he more than anyone in Windy city saw something in me that no one else did. And he's the one that pretty much said, we're working a program kid. And, uh, you know, funny him calling me kid when I got quite a few years on him, right? <laughs> but he goes, you're a big dude, um, and we're going to see if you sink or swim. And and I swam. You know, uh, we worked hard. We beat the shit out of each other, Scott. No joke. Uh, I put him through walls. He's buried my head through steel ramps and, you know, concussed me and put staples in my head the whole ten. You know, I mean, that's just how it was with us. Okay. It was. It's just an understanding. When we go in there, we're gonna we're gonna let it all hang out.
0: Awesome. So that leads me to that the infamous question, the famous question that probably everybody asks. Please, I mean, I don't believe this, but I have to ask this question. How do you set um, get into people's heads that the stuff you guys do is real and not fake?
1: Um, it's simple. Uh, Go to a match and hear our bodies hitting the mat. Look at some of the hits and the kicks we take. I mean, some of these promotions out there, Scott, they don't even have mats at ringside, and they're taking body slams and suplexes on the wooden or concrete floors. Right. Um, back in my day, uh, chair shots were a norm. If you remember, in the early early to mid '90s, uh, I think Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. I mean. Chair shots were, were were infamous. We took chair shots to the head, unprotected, every every show. Wow. I took seven in one day, one morning, Damn. seven of Damn. them, Damn. Um, all uncontested, and bumping on the concrete after that. Um, the hits and the bumps we take are very real. And if and I tell anyone, you know, because now that I got the training center, give me five minutes of your time, I bet I can change your mind.
2: Okay.
1: Um, my brother-in-law, it, you know, great athlete. Uh, super intense guy. Took me like five, six, seven years to to even talk him into even think about wrestling, right? And he finally does it, and I give him his first body slam, just a body slam. After he knew how to bump and everything, and he just curled up in fetal position, and he rolled out of the ring, and he goes, "Every organ in my fucking body just shifted. This is not normal," <laughs> you know. So. Everyone we accept but he, he came back from it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. He was just like, I didn't think it was going to be like that, you know? Yeah. But everything we do, man, like the hits and the slams, it's all very, very real. There's Absolutely. there's no, you know, there's no fake table. There's no fake chairs. The steel chairs, the steel chairs, the steel chair, man. You know, wooden yeah. table is just that as well. There's no uh, gimmick chairs or gimmick tables. I mean, you, you got to throw a guy hard enough to go through the tables, guys. Right. You know what I mean? I, you just yep. got to throw them hard enough to go through it.
0: And I didn't, I didn't understand that. I guess until um, back 2022, I was my first independent re- uh, promotion event I went to, and that's on Panama City with X-I- XIC, XIW. If you look in that back there, there's that chair there that you can see the dent and the crease in it. That thing was used, <laughs> the, that was used like six times in that, um, on that event. And last uh, month they had the event and. Um, Damien Wayne, he was supposed to go through the table and then onto the floor. Well, the table didn't break, uh, unfortunately, and he his neck. The table, not the, the table next to it, went right here, Ugh. and he's like, <clears throat> you know, you can just yep. tell, you can just yep. tell that must have sucked. Yeah, Let's I go. mean,
1: a, again, they all don't break either. They're, you saw that firsthand. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why I mean, you truly got to throw a guy hard enough to be able to go through the table, but you got to put them on. You can't just throw a guy and be careless. Right. You got to be very careful in what you're doing, you know, so you, so you don't hurt the guy. That guy's got a family to get home to, or he's got wife and kids at home to, to get home to. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's a show, but it's a very physical show. <laughs> I don't so care what anyone says.
0: How often do you run across Jack wagons that, um,
1: do stupid shit? Um, I run across them very often. Um, and, and, I don't have that in Southland. I I won't have it. Um, I'm very old school based. Uh, we actually have a storyline going on out right now. We're talking about storylines that's a year long. Uh, this month will be a year, you know, and people are so invested and so into it. It's great. But yeah, you got guys that just want to, you know, like in the, in the high voltage series, I had a couple kids come in. I said, okay, you got, you know, six to eight. They went out there and went 12 to 15. That's not okay. I let them know it wasn't okay. You know, there's times for a reason. You right. just fuck someone else's time up down the card. Now you're going to have to deal with them later. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So.
0: I know you mentioned your favorite opponent, but is there, what are some of your most memorable, intense matches you've ever been part of?
1: Uh, the most intense, um, the, the angle the whole angle I had with Terry Allen was super intense and I was in one with Ripper Manson that went on for probably 6 to 8 months right that that ended in a steel cage okay. uh, that was very physical uh we you know again back in that day and that era there was you know we took the hits with the cage you know banging the head on the top of the cage and so on and so forth mm-hmm. um yeah that was that was very brutal uh very memorable for me um I had I had wrestled Abyss a few times, but there was one I wrestled him in Cicero Stadium, and that guy just brought something out of me that I didn't even know I had. Because if I didn't if, if I didn't come back at him, that dude would have just ate me alive. Abyss, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was something else, man. We were, you know, we were supposed to just have a regular match, and he just decided, like right in the middle of it, yeah, we're gonna take it outside, and we literally went across the whole freaking arena. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, "All right, here we go," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that was a lot of fun too.
0: So. Was he one of the biggest, Was he probably the biggest guy you've ever of um, the mainstream stuff you've ever faced? Uh, I uh,
1: I wrestled the best probably four or five times.
0: Okay, um,
1: I did get in there with Road Warrior Hawk once, uh, uh, just for a few. You know, probably probably for just a few minutes. It was just an angle we work, and I came in at the end of the match, and I was in there with him. Um actually the lights lights go out in the building and hawking i can't remember who his opponent was and sorry to say i can't remember and we're supposed to take the bats whack the bats on the mat like we were beating the shit out of them well my bat just nicked hawk's head oh shit and just gashed them and uh i get in the back and i'm just pacing like man this dude's gonna beat my ass like <laughs> we're gonna get back there he's gonna beat my ass but Whatever, I had, a, I have a comment, right? I, I was like, all right, it is what it is, whatever. You know, I was ready to take it, and he just brought me over, sat me down, and talked to me like nothing even happened, man. It was incredible.
0: Joe says those type of matches and that type of experience make the best friends, so.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, he actually, you know, just sat me down and said, don't worry about it. He goes, I was supposed to be off to the side. I was more center. He goes, it's no one's fault we went into talking, and I told him, I said, hey, I remember a tag match. You were with the Russians. I said, you had one of them busted open, and you sucked the blood right out of the guy's head, and you spit it in the air. And he goes, yeah, do me a favor, and don't do any of the stupid shit I ever did. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, don't do any of it. I'm like, 10 note taken. <laughs> you ever
0: get the opportunity to talk to any of those guys um, now during your here But that's mm-hmm. what, um, about SCW, about what, you know?
1: no no um i brought al snow in a few years back and talked to al um i brought brian cage in um i'm looking to bring someone in this year we'll see who that is but okay. um those guys those guys cost a little bit of money to to bring them in you know so right right um but i do talk to him, and you know i like i talked to brian cage at the training center man i'm like hey you know and again it's just me wanting to get better or do what i can do what can I do better for my guys? And he looked at me. He said, "Dude, this is one of the top five training centers I've walked in." He goes, "The only thing I would do in this big space is get a second ring. Other than that, you got it going on, man." You know, I was like, "Well, a second ring would be great, but I need the people in to be able to justify spending another five grand on, on another ring." You know what I mean? Right, right. So, is your
0: is your training center in the same area that and building that the high voltage is always filmed in?
1: Well, in the beginning of high voltage. Okay. Yes. It was, the, it was the same. We used the training center for the high voltage. Um, it was just a concept I came up with to get the guy some ring time. Um, I would just tell, you know, the guy I'm renting a gym from, uh, tell the landowner, tell the neighbors, Hey, come, we're, we're putting on a show. There's only four matches. It'll probably take up like an hour of your time, hour, 15 minutes of your time. Sometimes we have people there sometimes not. And then I was just thinking like, you know, why don't we just open the doors an hour early and let these guys wrestle at the venue that the main card is on and have them wrestle in front of a few more people. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they'll maybe they'll up their game a little bit and step up their game a little bit and want to do a little better, other than wrestling in, in, in just their training center ring. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, and I think it works for some of them. They go out there and they really bust their ass. So, that's all yeah. I can ask for. Absolutely, that's and all I, I can I, ask
0: for. I did watch uh, the Christmas uh, episode um, up a, week, a couple days ago, and I uh, I love how it's like the old school studio feel. Yeah, at, at yeah. St- it's like chairs. I think I I think I've seen chairs on three sides. I think.
1: Uh, and and that uh, Christmas one, I think it was in the it was in the uh, brewery. There's two sides that the chairs are on. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That to yep. me that is like so intimate. So I mean, if intimate can be in the in the. An indie wrestling show, but it seems so personable. Where yeah, I could re-interact and stuff like that. So oh, hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Now, if you look at our old our, our old programming, um, if you go back to old WCW studio days, yes, that's kind of what we're doing. If you notice, like with the ringside interviews and everything else, yes, because I love that old school style of wrestling, and I just right. I don't know that I, it'll ever come back. But I can certainly do it down here in Southland. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Absolutely. And so hopefully you're...
1: people pick up on it and be like, man, this is cool. I've never seen this before. You know, talk about the kids today. Right. But if they would turn on the network, they could see that that's how it was done back in the day.
0: Right. You know, as a podcast creator guy, I you do your research and you pick and choose what you like to watch and what you want to talk, right. on, talk on to. You, and there's not very many that are, you can tell who's in it and who's doing a very well, a very good job. And you are old school. There's a, a, a company down here in Florida, that's CWF is old school, SICW and um, St. Louis. They're, they got that old school feel. Like you just said, the ringside interviews, like Jesse Ventura or Gorilla Monsoon yes. interviews that I love a, that stuff. As a kid, I'm like, that was what I watched. Yep. And that's what got yep. me hooked, you know. And I'm not that I don't like the in-ring interviews that WWE does, and blah blah blah. But even promos are done outside the ring sometimes, and I'm like, that's exactly what I grew up on. So
1: see, now, now the reason I I would do that, Scott, right? So sometimes you have a guy that was just in a killer fucking match, and yeah. shit broke down, and his adrenaline is going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His adrenaline's going. He just won, or he just lost, depending on what's going on. Like. Right? you'll never catch that moment where he's that hot and that fired up. Like let him, you know, why, why let him cool down and do the interview in the back later. Let's catch that shit at ringside right now while he's fired up. All right. You know what I mean? To me, there's nothing, there's, there's truly nothing more real than that. The guy's fired up, his adrenaline's pumping and God only knows what they're going to say. Absolutely. And that, it's very real it's i love it (laughs) absolutely
0: matt says hey boss
1: what's going on matt
0: so halftime 21 lions Rams 17 just give you a heads up just give you
1: a go detroit can't send anything in la
0: that's right um so let's talk about fans and um fans to you fans to your guys at scw (laughs) how important are the fans and can you tell us about the interactions and um that you have in the ring and outside the ring with the fans and and about the merch tables you have too. Hey, Dad, how you doing? I see twenty one seventeen, man. Go, go, Lions! My dad just popped in.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry, Matt's good fans, talk. Max like talking you can shit. Ask, <laughs> you're a Cowboys, go be sorry, dude. Um, I tell all my guys, and I truly believe this. I think independent wrestling fans are the best fans on the frickin' planet. Yeah. I really do. Uh, they they believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh they buy into what you're doing. They're at every show. You know, I wrestle at uh you know a couple different venues and they show up at both. You know what I mean? They're not just going to the one in their backyard. They're going to the ones twenty five miles from their house as well. Or I got people that are driving ninety minutes to get there. You know what I mean? Um the fans I, I can't say enough about it. I, I love I love the independent wrestling fans. I think they're the best. I really do. Awesome. For anything, they are the best. Um, they buy our merch. They buy any any new shirts I drop, any new hats, anything. They're buying them. Awesome. You know what I mean? I mean they love the product. They support the product. But they got to understand if they love it and if they don't support it, we're not going to be around there. Absolutely. It's it's kind of it's, kinda, it's uh, it kind of goes both ways. You know?
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, has there been any funny? interactions that stand out to that you've heard about with like Apex
1: or Creed or even yourself? Well, funny. Um, don't tell Creed this, but he's losing his hair. Um, you know, he doesn't like to hear that very much. Apex, there's no funny stories about Apex. I mean, he's just a pretty straightforward guy. He comes there, gets down to business and doesn't really get caught up in any of the bullshit, which, which I love about him. Um, if I can't say something about Apex, uh, some people may or may not know. Um, so this week, I literally had a guy drop at training. Okay. Um, when I say drop, we thought we were gonna lose him. Oh, wow. Apex is certified in CPR. Apex went over and literally saved my guy's life. Thank and you. Man. Thank you. I've told him several times already, thank you. Um, He was a rock star. He kept his composure and knew exactly what to do. And I was a lost soul, Scott. I was a lost soul. I was like, what do you need me to do? What can I do? And he was like, just leave me alone. And he's doing the chest compressions the whole time, man. You know what I mean? So, Matt, I know you're listening. Thank you, brother. I love you. And like I said, you woke up for that day and went to training that day for a reason. And you know what that reason was. So, Awesome. but yeah, yeah. that's not kind of a funny story that's just a real story and i think people should should uh know how important cpr is and guess who's going to get cpr certified within the next few months here that would be me because i saw how important it was scott awesome man
0: yeah i wouldn't want to do that again either man Crazy, it was bro.
1: horrifying it was terrifying yes. and anything you could possibly imagine nothing you would ever think would ever happen
0: ever. you know it. And that just shows you, you know, just life is so short and so real and the stuff that you guys do, put your bodies through, you know, you've got to be a yeah. top tier to shape and stuff like that.
1: It's no joke. No, and anything and that happened to this guy, he was a little older, but he was in shape man. he was in tip top shape uh, and it was just a freak thing. Like, like you said, you don't know. No one has a, no one has a, a expiration date on their toe, man. Like
2: no.
1: you don't know, you don't know when it's going to happen, but Matt truly saved his life. And, you know, I, I thank him for that. Uh. I don't even know. I, I can't think I'm enough. Like he was just, a, he was just a rock star, man. He was, he was, uh, he was a savior that day.
0: So I know but you guys are, pro-
1: go ahead. No, I, I know that's not a funny story, but you brought up, you know, Apex and Creed and all those guys. And I just figured Scott, that was a story to tell.
2: Absolutely. I'm, man, not gonna, appreciate-
1: I'm not going to go on a CPR kick, but God like I never realized how important it was to know that until that moment. And, and me and a few other guys at that training center, we're going to be getting certified.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so I know you guys are pretty professional and there's probably not a lot of ribs that happen in the locker room, any jokes or any cool, is there, but is, have you ever been in your career, been any, any car rides to any promotion shows that there was something that was like, Oh my God, this is so funny.
1: Well, I was the youngest guy for a long time before someone else came along. So I was always the guy that had to drive or follow the ring truck or whatever. And the ring truck was a big box truck, and don't don't ask me to tell you the town, Scott, because we wrestled in so many towns. Okay, I don't remember. So I know all I know is it's like three or four hours away. We were far from home, and in the middle of nowhere, one of these little fairgrounds somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. We're on our way home, and the truck just starts sputtering, and it's and it's dying and dying, and now we're coming up at two in the morning, at three in the morning, and we had this old guy, Psycho, still around today. And, uh, he would get under there and he, he was like, I'm like psycho, what are you pounding on? He's like, I don't know, man. He goes, Sam just told me this fucking truck starts acting up. Go on there and start pounding on this thing. So he he starts pounding. I don't know what the hell he was pounding on, but this thing was like just twisted metal when he was done pounding on it. But the truck (laughs) got running. Right. And and we got home, but man, did it take forever? And then same driver, same truck. I don't know what he, what he was thinking or what he was doing got that son of a bitch stuck in a in a mud hole. I was nice. like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me." Suck.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: Well, nice. here comes a tow truck and has to winch us out, you know what I mean? Uh yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, the road stories are fun and unfortunately, I don't think a lot of the kids today uh, they, they won't ever experience that. Yeah. They just won't. Right, you right. Know, I traveled I traveled up and down the road with a lot of the same guys and it was a lot of fun, you know, stopping at uh stopping to get something to eat and just telling stories with each other. Um, I wasn't part of this one. I, I, I was in a different car, but uh, a couple of my boys were at a show and they were leaving. And they were probably, they said they were about 15, 20 minutes from the venue and this car kept cutting them off. They finally get in front of this car. These, these guys get out and then my boys get out and start going after them. And they were like, Oh shit, you were the guys at the wrestling show. They were like, yeah, well, they got back in their car and went home. <laughs> Wish I was part of that one, but you know, I, I wasn't there for that one. I right. was in, I was I was in a different convoy at that time. Gotcha. So but that's, that's fun stuff. It happens all the time, man. All the I, time. I bet. I was I was at an after party, and uh, I was always one of the bigger guys. The big bigger the big guys aren't a thing much anymore, Scott. As you know, I right. think the big guys are a rarity. Uh, a lot of your guys are now like. I don't know. I'm going to say 180 to 230, 240. Right. You know, I floated around most of my career around 280. Now I'm around three to 315. Um I had an after party and this guy got wasted and he came and he just socked me right in the face for no reason, nothing called for nothing. And I just stood there and looked at him and I'm like, just processing what happened. And I went to go after him and Steve who i mentioned earlier, had just jumped in front of me and said, dude, he's drunk off his ass. He's like my best friend ever, please don't kill him. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that there's no coming back from this, Steve. Like the dude just punched me in the face. And the dude looks at me and he goes, I'm not gonna lie. He goes, I punched you as hard as I can and you didn't even move. Please <laughs> don't kill me. You know, so. I did what any wrestler would do and I just said take off your fucking shirt and let me give you a chop. I think I chopped him so hard I think he uh I think he wet his jeans, so <laughs> that, that was is... the payback. Like you can take this or just uh, I'm just gonna beat your ass, take your pick, you know. No. But huh. but guys you know, again it, it goes with the whole fake thing, Scott. Like they they think we're fake tough guys, but anyone that puts on a pair of boots is tough to an extent, man, because it's not easy what we do. I would never
0: so, get in a ring and take a chop. (laughs) Hell no. I can just say that live here on this podcast. Huge pop will never take his shirt off to get a chop.
1: Think of of the huge pop. Huge pop would get if you took a chop.
0: Hell no, dude. (laughs) If I got balls enough at the next XIW, uh, I might say that. That would be good. That'd be good for content, man. That'd be great content. (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm up to that yet. So is there a misconception in the business that independence is the independent independent scene is a glorious, awesome life?
1: Oh, far from that, and <laughs> I think you were being a little sarcastic there, Scott. No, I'm just.
0: I mean, I think it, I'm coming to him at a fan's perspective. Okay, I have learned a lot since I've been doing the podcast and a lot of people talk about, Oh, they make money. Oh, they do glory. It's all this fan. No, it's not. It can't be. Cause I've been, it's like not. I said, XIW, they don't pay their guys, but not, not very much. Right. You know, and
1: well, you some guys it? make more than others and rightfully so. Right? right. Um They put their time in or whatever, but it's not a glorious lifestyle. Um, but we, we get to do something that most people can't do. or aren't physically able to or some have health conditions or whatever that prevent them from doing it so we're blessed to be able to do what we love okay not everyone can not everyone can say or do that i I can say i'm 27 years in uh when i was nine years old scott when i first saw hogan i said this is what i want to do for a living i'm not doing it for a living but i've been doing it for 27 years and not everyone can say that you know what i mean so i I can say that this is what i wanted to do and i'm doing it still doing it so
0: Do you think there's, uh, we talked about this earlier offline, but um, do you feel that storylines are missing from today's stuff and territory days from today's wrestling? Do you think that's what's missing?
1: Uh, I do. Um, Storylines, I think, are so important. I think that's what grabs people. Um, And again, in today's wrestling, um, a lot of these kids are just about the here and now, but long-term storytelling will, will grab you if it's done right. It it just truly will. It will keep you invested for as long as that storyline is going. Um, Like the bloodline story to me just kind of faded in recent months. And I don't know why they did that. Maybe we'll know at Mania or something. I don't know. But something that was so hot, they split the brands, right? And one's over here, one's over there. They still call them the bloodline, but the storyline isn't not what it was. Like it was going hot and heavy and it just kind of faded. Now they're just, I don't know. The Judgment Day, who well, I didn't, really didn't think was going to take off, is taking off. Right. You know what I mean? I thought it was just a bunch of misfits they threw together to try and save them from getting bounced or whatever. But that fucking group took off, man. Yeah. And I'm glad I, to see it. I'm glad to see it.
0: I was never a Dom Dom fan. But when he was with his dad, I thought he was ridiculously horrible. But when, they, <laughs> when they put him with the Judgment Day, with the one day in jail, prisons, so blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean that's, but,
1: that's great, dude. That is great. Yes. So now, so now stuff. you got to
0: love them. You got to love him because he is. I mean, he's amazing. So,
1: um,
0: it's just yeah. crazy. No, he's
1: he's done a three sixty, man. He really has, he's gotten so much better. I think that's a kid that not only born in the business, but he's working his ass off to get better every day. Yes, 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 he is. So,
0: what's your take on answers. um on stars that aren't in the wrestling bit, like Logan Paul, like uh? like um David Arquette in WCW like um all those guys that come in what's your take on those guys do they belong in the business or do we are we gravitating to celebrities more than we should
1: well now that WWE is the spectacle that it is they will be gravitating towards these you know these YouTubers or these TikTokers or whatever uh the David Arquette thing I actually hated back in the day absolutely hated it I think 99% of the wrestling fans are with me on that. Um, Logan Paul, for the shortest time that he's been in there, I'm not a Logan Paul fan, by no means. Um, But why put a title on another part timer? I don't understand it. You know, he'll bring eyes to the product, Scott, whether he has the title or not. Yeah, I agree. You know, to me, give that title to someone that is there. Blessing their ass week in and week out and fucking deserves it. Right, right, right. You know, that's just my take on that. Okay. You know, just my take on it.
0: Awesome. So Therefore, here's what
1: my... i gravitating more towards the celebrities, like even Bad Bunny. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. I but mean... Bad Bunny is what it is. He's not a title holder. Yeah. You know, obviously he works, you know, he has trained for, yes. for the moment that he's had, yes. which is kudos to him. But I'm not saying Logan Paul hasn't trained because he's obviously very good. But if you're gonna be a part timer, man, like I don't, I don't understand putting, I don't understand strapping them. I just don't get it. No, oh, me neither.
0: So, like I said, you know, I'm a foster dad. I take take care of eight kids. Um, hold on, we got Matt's Apex is saying something here. So uh, he got hey, got followers and only reason he's so amazing talent for just starting up. Yeah, but I agree, no titles needed. To be honest with you. So I have uh, a. <laughs> I have foster kids I take care of and of course they like what Mr. Scott does and um, so they have questions they want to say hey can I ask the, prep, the wrestlers some questions I said sure so <laughs> it's like, it's like a, shoot, or a shoot right at you fire questions
1: favorite food favorite food filet mignon
0: does pineapple belong on pizza negative favorite pet dog favorite movie
1: Oh, God. Where do we start? Um, Pretty much uh, anything with Sylvester Stallone in it. I'm a Stallone guy.
0: I agree. Like, he was in Face Off, right?
1: Yeah. uh, No, that was uh, Travolta. Travolta.
0: Yeah, that's a great movie, too. That was Travolta. Favorite cartoon?
1: Oh, Lord. I haven't watched cartoons in 30 years. Let's go with the Flintstones, because I think I watched the Flintstones more than anything.
0: You play video games? Uh, once in a while. You have
1: a favorite one? Right now, it's uh, um, uh, Ragnarok. Uh, Shit. That's how often you play it, right? uh, No, dude, I I I play it, but I can't. It's uh, oh Jesus Christ, I can't I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the game. All right. But it's it's based out of uh the Viking times. This current edition is it's it's got several different series of the of this game. Okay. Um but why can't I think of it? Atreyu, Atreus is his kid. And then there's Freya. I have no idea. There's another character in the game. And if I can't remember their main freaking character, Scott. Have if, if the second I said his name you would know the game. But
2: yeah, probably that,
1: that, that game I've been stuck on. It takes me a year or better to beat any game. I don't have a lot of time, but even when I do have time I just get so flustered that I just turn the damn thing off.
0: I spent $135 on the um, WWE 2K23, and I played it twice.
1: God of War is the name of the game. God, God of War, War series. Okay. All right. Yeah, All right. I love that series game. Answer. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> sure. What is it? Circle gets a square? <laughs> yeah. Favorite music? Um, It's a toss between uh, it's rock and, metal, uh, rock and country. I love All them right. both.
0: Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna have to go Flair.
0: Okay.
1: Hogan? Okay. I'm gonna have to go Taker. Okay. And Macho. All
0: right. Good choices. You acknowledge the tribal chief? No.
1: No acknowledgement. All right. Here's he definitely doesn't doesn't belong to Mount Rushmore. Those those four guys I named wrestled more in a month than he has in the past fucking three years, man. I don't even know, you know? Absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I have two questions that I came up with, but here we go. Who is the greatest WCW champion to ever
1: live? WCW? Yeah. World-class wrestling?
0: That's right.
1: Uh, that would be Ric Flair. David
0: Arquette. Oh, God, come on. I do. I only asked that question for, uh, for, yeah.
1: uh, I mean, I got- true story here. Like we, we, we do a big Halloween show every year huh. and you know, David Arquette did the, the ghost face movies, whatever they're called. I don't like them, but you know, he's yeah. the main character. And them. we actually reached out to him to try and get him just to show up for the event. Yeah. And he was like, I'm done with wrestling, man, guys. He's like, I I'm sorry. I just don't <laughs> want to do a, have anything to do with it anymore. Gotcha. I was like, well, God just name your price tag. That I think you would. Love it down here. You like we'd, we'd have a blast with it, right? I had, right. The, casket, I had the casket and everything, Scott. It would have been great.
0: Nice, nice, nice. And the last one, and this you a little bit salty on this one, I have a problem. I have a feeling, but um, Matt says, How do you not like Scream? But here's your last question,
1: and See, I couldn't even remember the name of the movie.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite sports team to cheer for?
1: <laughs> oh, let's see. I think you just came up with this one right before we went on the air. Uh, Uh,
0: It's
1: the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Dallas Cowboys. It's it's the Dallas
1: Cowboys and the Boston Celtics.
0: I got to respect the Boston Celtics, but I can't respect the Dallas Cowboys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're you're one of the haters, Scott. It's okay. You're one of the haters. That's all
0: right. I'm a Detroit Lions fan, you know, so I got to be a hater.
1: Hey, I, I'll pull for Detroit. Like I said, I hate everything LA. I hate everything, I, I hate everything LA. Anything in California, blah.
0: So can you talk about how important brotherhood is in professional wrestling and paying it back, paying your dues?
1: Uh, I think brotherhood is so important. Uh, and, and, again, I think it goes with uh, my, my brother, the guys I'm so close with, um, which I call brothers to this day, are the guys I went up and down the road with. Um, those are the guys I can call on today for advice. Guys will come down and help me out with the shows. Uh, guys will even throw on the boots for me if needed. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the brotherhood. I, I don't think today's kids will just, they'll never have that. They, they drive by themselves. Uh, right. nobody wants a carpool. Oh my God. Why, why do that? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's. Unfortunately, just lost. But having a brotherhood in wrestling, the brother, the wrestling brotherhood is so important. Right. Um, and as far as paying it back, um, I think my era, right, and what I'm coaching and teaching now, and you know, with a few other guys helped me, Terry Allen, and so on, um, we keep the old school mentality in our training. Because we think it's so important that the young kids coming up have that. Because once we're gone, once we're dead and gone or just gone, right, man, I feel bad for the business because it's not gonna be the same. Right. You know, like think about it, when Triple H is gone, right. who's gonna have that old school mind? Who's gonna have that long term storytelling? Who's gonna who's gonna have that? Right. You know what I mean? I'm I'm scared for uh honestly wrestling's future. Right. You know, when when the old guys are gone. It's not gonna be the same.
0: How do you paying it back, paying it forward and whatever you wanna call it? Does that mean getting there early to set up the chairs, to set up the ring? Oh god, you? yeah.
1: Okay. Um I mean look look at guys in WWE, they're the referees, they're there uh with their ring trucks setting up and tearing down. Right. Um kids today, they're like, Oh yeah, um, I've been doing this for two years now. I like I don't need to do that shit. well, yeah, you do. If you're not there, you're you won't be wrestling. Correct. Um yeah, if, if you're not there to help set up, there's no show. Like right one person can't do all this right you know what i mean but my guys man honestly i have a i have a great crew um they're there hours early to help set up and they stay hours late to tear down awesome. you know what i mean i got no complaint uh, uh, they're just great so that and that is that is paying your due so to speak um in this business like there's no free pass you're not going to not ever do it that's not going to happen I even tell my guys if they go if, if another promotion books them, please show up early and help set up. Yeah. If you can awesome. you know, some of these guys are are dads. Um, they got jobs, they gotta work, and and I get that. But if you're gonna take a booking, I all ask them all to the please show up early and please help these guys set up. It'll it'll I mean f- a lot and it and it'll show that you're that you respect what they're doing. So and I think
0: Matt's hit it right on the head, you know. It's up to the teaching the next generation the older way. So, and I think you're doing a great job at SCW doing that. So. Yeah. Let's talk about your, is, car- your goals and achievements. Where would you like to land before your career is over? Like, you know, as a wrestler, is there any goals that you say, yeah, I want to get that?
1: Well, right now, Scott, unfortunately, at 50, you know, I know I don't look a day over 49. You know, <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, um, I'm at where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm and I'm okay with that. Um, I absolutely love Southland. I live, eat and breathe Southland every day of my life. Um, and I just want to try and get that as big as I possibly can as big as I possibly can. So uh, would you
0: ever think about getting in the ring with apex or James Creed?
1: hundred percent. I've been in the ring with James Creed. Go look on our YouTube channel. We went 40 minutes. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you might even want to put it up on your on your right. on your site. as something to view. Can you take them? Come on, come you... on. Today, today, uh, I'd have to catch them, and I'd probably be a little blown up. <laughs> so, can you take you know. Apex?
0: You probably can demolish Apex, I'm sure. Look at the size of you to size well, of them.
1: Yeah, well, there, there's a size difference for sure. Um, Apex has an MMA background that I don't have you know uh-huh. um if i get my hands on apex you know if i can finish him within 10 minutes or less would be good if it goes over that yeah the advantage goes in his favor i might be a little tired and a little blown up
0: <laughs> so do you have any you nev- know, Go ahead. sorry
1: yeah you, you got to see these guys uh wrestle to understand guys like these guys are so talented i work them so hard at training i really do uh and i do that so if they ever uh, it's just aside for me. Ever go anywhere else to wrestle and the promoter says I need you to go twenty-five minutes, they're not gonna be tired at the twenty-four minute mark. They're gonna be they're gonna be good to go. Awesome, man.
0: So um we're getting near the end of the show. So uh what are the big goals? Is there any more bigger goals for SCW as a promotion? What what would you like to see in the future going going forward?
1: Well, obviously I love to do TV or even obviously nowadays with, with the internet, I know you can do YouTube, but, um, I tried doing the, the internet pay-per-views, right. Um, but I, it was people would buy them, but the problem is if people would buy them and you'd have six people go to one person's house. And I just lost six ticket sales when, yeah. you know, I shouldn't have done the pay-per-view till I sold X amount of tickets. Then the pay-per-view kicks in. Right. You know what I mean? You live and you learn on that one. Absolutely. Um, but I would just love SCW just to get as, as big as it can, Scott. Like I truly believe in the product. I believe in our, in our talent, um, Terry Allen, who has come on. I know I've said his name quite a few times. That's another guy I would love for you to reach out to, right. um, instead of doing the matches, it was his idea to do the programming. And right. I thought it was a great call on his part because I actually, I love the programming over just the match release. Okay. You know, I, I think it's drawn a little more traffic, and I think people are more invested. They get to keep on what's going on with the storylines. If you do just matches, they can keep up, but the whole story isn't there. Now the stories are being told with the pre- and post-match interviews. So I think that will help us grow for sure.
0: Matt says the goal is to make Apex the next big thing, Scott. So,
1: okay, <laughs> well, we got that, that all depends on Apex.
0: That is. That's right.
1: Um, and, I, and I think I think he'll get there. I don't think that's going to be a problem.
0: I love the fact that I think you were talking earlier, maybe I misunderstood this, POWW um, and SCW kind of like work together in a way to where talent goes from place to place. And I think that's really cool how yeah. you guys do that and how you made the connection with them. So I think that's really cool. And I, love I think the, it's
1: good for the talent and the fans. So
0: yeah. it's great. I, it's a great relationship we have. I like your concept of the having the high voltage series. That gives these up and comers a chance to get in the ring and a real look and like to show ring and to show their talents up because they're probably if you don't get that opportunity you get kind of jealous and you kind of like hmm, I wish I could be at the bigger level. Well, and they lose
1: hope, Scott. Like why yeah, am that, I doing this? Like I don't want to be here. You know what absolutely. I
0: mean? So absolutely.
1: I don't know why other people aren't doing that. Well, right. you know, not again. Not everyone has a training center. Again, so they don't need to. But honestly, I was a guy that was overlooked for a long time, and yeah. I hated it. Okay. But I still, I still put my head down and pushed forward and, and did my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it, was a, it, was a bad, it was a horrible feeling to have. And I don't ever want my guys to feel that way. I always want them to, to say, you know what? I'm not a main card, but I am wrestling high voltage. Come and check me out. Right. You know what I mean? I'll have a spot for everyone, man. I don't want anyone, I don't, I don't want anyone left out.
0: Hundred percent, you know, and that concept, I I got to say this as my from huge pop wrestling podcast. I love the opportunity that you open the door for me to come in and interview you and your guys from your promotions and share your footage of past events to to let people out there know that aren't in Illinois, aren't close to the through to the venue to go to these shows. I'm glad. I'm think i thankful that you're open to that concept, and I appreciate that as a man to man. I appreciate you letting me do that, and I appreciate that.
1: that. I appreciate you having me on, Scott. And be honest with you, I got guys in the area here that are gonna be pissed that I did your podcast because they've been asking me for a long time. That's okay. I mean, huge huge pop,
0: huge pop. (laughs) I left this off the off of. I I usually call myself the potster. So, but huge pop (laughs) is huge pop for a reason. And uh, but man, it's been a pleasure talking to Hunter Payne of SCW. He's the owner promoter of SCW. Um I'm gonna give it over to you to, to close the show to tell people where they can see you, where they can find you, your guys, your show. And then I'm gonna play a song, but please don't go anywhere. Stay live. Stay in the green room or down here. I want to say thank you personally um at the end of this thing. So Mr. Payne, it's your
1: turn. Hey fellas, people, ladies, gentlemen, um you can check us out on uh, X, formerly Twitter, uh, Southland. South Wrestling, SEW Wrestling 17. You can check us out on Facebook, Southland Championship Wrestling. You can check us out on YouTube. We have weekly programming on there. Uh, We drop a new hour-long, anywhere between 35 minutes and an hour-long program at uh, Southland Championship Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, You guys won't be disappointed. The product is great. Please give us a check. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. We'd, we'd We'd love to have you guys watch what we're doing. And my guys deserve it. Believe me, they worked their ass off.
0: Well, thank you, Hunter Payne, for allowing me to have you on the show. Thank you, SCW. Um, Apex was on here. I'm going to reach out to Mr. Creed here. Hopefully, we can sit put him up here. Thank you for everybody that watched the show today. If you watch the show after, hit the subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Go over and check out SCW on YouTube. Hit their um, subscribe button, follow button. And I get, man, I thank you so much for everybody for watching the show. I am out. Huge pop is gone.
1: All my dogs, make some noise up in this house! Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the grind when your body hits the canvas, then your head is knocked out Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of the so you know what's going down And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the grind but when your body hits the chemist, then, the 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 so you know the then you the the canvas, then head is knocked out oh. Fight with Adrian Whisper, it's like a fight with the devil Because when he dealing with you, you cannot get on this level Fight with Adrian Whisper, is like a fight with a king it's like a five, with it normally, they got the tanks and everything. He's leaving, leaving roses and stitches, possibly leaving your cripple Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle,
2: take the district free, beat that ass with a light bulb. Leave a piece
1: of glass embedded in the back of your skull. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the fires coming, then you better hit the ground. 'Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And
2: when the fires coming, then you better.